welcome in to the Lady Vol Basketball Fever Podcast, part of Vol Basketball Fever. We're a show dedicated exclusively to talking about the Lady Vols and news around the program. Tune in to hear thoughts and discussions from experts who cover the Lady Vols on a daily basis. Now, here's a new episode of the Lady Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of Lady Vol Basketball Fever. I am Nathaniel Rutherford, joined by a special guest again for this episode, Maria Cornelius of Go Vols 247. Uh, Maria, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. We had a lot to talk about. We hadn't had a Lady Vols podcast in a while. In fact, you and I haven't recorded in a, in a very long time, so I wanted to get you on here to talk about some of the, uh, the stuff we haven't talked about in a while. So thank you for joining me. Absolutely. You're one of my favorite people, Nathaniel. Glad to see you again. Thank you, Marie. I really appreciate that. It's good to see you too. Good to be talking in a podcast. It's been probably two weeks at this point since most of you have probably heard us. So uh, thank you for tuning back in. It took a little week off because, well, the Tennessee baseball, there was uh, just a bunch of schedule conflicts conflicts and stuff. So just didn't have time to do one last week. And now this week, hopefully getting two episodes, have this one coming out first, then hopefully also a another episode with a guest talking about the men's side of things as well. So hopefully two episodes this week, but want to say thank you all for tuning in, whether it's on YouTube or the podcast itself. Uh, thank you all so much for listening in, watching, and you know, just supporting the, the channel, supporting the show, however you do, whether you're subscribing to the YouTube channel or subscribing to the podcast. We really appreciate it. Or following us on Twitter and Facebook at Vol Hoops Fever on Twitter and Vol Basketball Fever on Facebook. So appreciate all the love. I, again, just took a week off and hopefully get back in the saddle and uh, getting back into things here mid-June going into July because I, the, the men's team at least are on campus. I know the, the Lady Vols, I think they're all, all on campus now too, except for Justine Passat, who we'll talk about in a second. But she's a little busy uh, overseas right now. But uh, Maria, we've got a lot we want to talk about. You and I haven't talked since there's been a couple other additions to Lady Vols roster. Just kind of want to talk about the team as a whole with with all the additions this offseason. But first, I do want to mention here some, I guess it's more I guess news that came out today. We're recording this on Wednesday, um, kind of late afternoon, early evening. Uh, Lady Ball senior guard Jesse Rennie had surgery yesterday, or, or surgery, I guess, on uh, Tuesday, according to release, to address a right knee injury suffered during an offseason workout. According to release, that it says that she has begun rehabilitation and currently has no timetable to return to the court. Uh, Maria, you know, I hate to ever see any player get hurt, especially in the offseason workout, because, you, you know, it's not like you can get hurt giving effort in a game. But at the same time, though, if you're going to have an injury and hope to return for the season, I guess the offseason is not a bad time to have it. So, uh, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but Jesse, <clears throat> Jesse Rennie, hopefully it's a, a quick recovery for her. But, you know, I hate, hate to see that for her as someone who, you know, has had times that has had her role with the Lady Vols over the last few years and, and you know, as you know, came in from Australia. So, I mean, she came from about as far overseas as you can to come to the United States to play. So hopefully it's a quick recovery for her. Yes. I mean, I hate that for any player. You especially hate it for a senior going into to this season. And hopefully, yes. I mean, the no timetable for return leaves, leaves it open as to a possibility that she could. Uh, the, the, you know how Lady Ball fans are. They don't miss anything. And they were putting out camp photos, of course, this week. And she was wearing a knee brace and people immediately noticed that. I, I think there's a whole like a group of fans that just you know, they comb over every picture looking for any signs. So uh, just well wishes to Jesse. Uh, absolutely excellent student, excellent teammate, excellent person. Just wish her a, a speedy recovery and that she gets back on the court as quickly and as safely as she can. Absolutely. 100%. Well, Maria, let's kind of move on to some positive news because obviously that that's a negative for Jesse and for the team. But some positives, again, uh, you and I have not talked since the Lady Vols added a couple more transfers to the roster and another Jasmine, uh, Jasmine Franklin, another J name. In fact, I think when she, I can't remember if it was when her or Jillian, uh, Jillian Hollingshed committed that you tweeted out that uh, I think it's it's rule now that everyone who's covering the Lady Vols and who is a Lady Vol fan has to change their first name to a J uh, name because there's, what, seven or eight J names on this team? It feels like Kelly Harper was making it a point to go pick up some Jasmines and Jordans and, and whatnot for this, this upcoming season before we get into it too deep. But I thought that was just, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. That's funny. It seems like Rick Barnes like his, likes his lefties and uh, Kelly Harper likes her J names. 
And and John Harper and Joy McCorvey. So you got mm-hmm. a couple on the coaches' side too. Yeah, you're going to be Jathaniel this year covering the Lady Vols. <laughs> Jaria and Jathaniel, I like it. And any other of our listeners can change uh, their names to. Patches, to Patches has missed our zooms. Apparently, she wants to get in on the action here. <laughs> That's fine. We uh, we always welcome Patches and any of the animals you have at your house. My our cat is downstairs, so he will not be up here. Uh, and I'm sitting at a desk. He usually won't hop up here either. So. Uh, but to go back to uh, uh, the additions, again, it's been a busy offseason to recap uh, who all Tennessee <laughs> the Vols have added. You obviously had Jazz Powell, point guard. You have Rakia Jackson. Uh, you have um, Justine Passat, who was a freshman. She's, she's the only, I guess, tr- like freshman addition. I guess you also can count uh, E.E. Darby in there as well. But in terms of ones who are ex- expected to have roles on the se- you know, playing more, playing a lot this year. Uh, Justine Passat is the only you know true freshman coming in, but you have uh, Jazz Powell and Rakia Jackson as well. Jasmine Franklin, who is a graduate transfer forward, you also have Jillian Hollingshed, who is a um, sophomore who played freshman season at Georgia, sophomore center um, on the roster as well. And uh, really, I think Maria, before we talk about uh, Jillian and the other Jasmine now, Jasmine Franklin, um, I. I I've lost track. I forgot. I know you probably know off the top of your head. How many former McDonald's All-Americans does that make on the roster now? Because I feel like it's it's the most the Leavals have had in a very, very long time. Because it's at least it's at least three, isn't it? If, it's not, if not four. I mean, this past year, the only one was Jordan Horston. Right. So you've added Rakia Jackson, who was one. I believe Jillian was one. Mm-hmm. So you got Jordan Horston, Jillian, uh, Rakia and then Justine, of course, wasn't Justine one? Yeah, yes. I believe she was one also. Okay, yeah, yeah I, you know me, I have always, you know, I, the, you know, those those are nice awards. That's a great accomplishment. What does it mean when you step on a college court? Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, people do because uh, when Tennessee had seven or eight, it was like every time you turned around, somebody was saying there are eight All Americans, and, and that narrative had to go away. This this last year, because they only had one and, of course, got to a sweet 16 without the one McDonald's All-American they had, mm-hmm. but was also quite a, a blow to the team. It, with Jordan Horst and that team, in my opinion, has a very good shot at getting to the Final Four. But that season's over with, and we're ready for a new one. Yeah, and, and again, Jordan Horst hopefully will be healthy and stay healthy, and the team will hopefully stay healthy, knock on wood, uh, for the entire season this year. Uh, but looking specifically at the two transfers that we haven't had a chance to talk about, Maria, I've, I've talked with both, uh, I think, Cora Hall and Kelly and Stitz, both about um, those two newer additions, Jasmine Franklin and Jillian Hollingshed, who I, I was actually had the privilege of talking to Jillian, I think a week and a half, maybe a week before she had her uh, big going away party down in Georgia. And she talked about that and I asked her, you know, followed up later on, asked her how it went. She said it went really well, a big, big turnout, which love to see that, love to hear that uh, for her, her getting the support in her hometown to follow her to Tennessee. Um, but talking about both those players, the both unique players and the fact that Jillian has, I think, an extremely high ceiling. She's going to be, uh, to me, the the true backup to Tamari Key or a, a true, you know, person who can, fulf- I guess, fill that role when Tamari Key leaves um, after the season. But also, you know, again, be a, a key backup for her, maybe even be on the court at the same time, possibly. I mean, we, we already talked about even before these two new additions, Maria, about how versatile this lineup can be all season that may not matter who starts matter who's it matters more who finishes but you can really um it's, it's such a, a versatile roster and a versatile lineup you can throw out there you can go big you can go smaller with you know kind of one big out there it, you just have a lot of versatility out there uh but then also you look at jasmine franklin who she isn't getting talked about as much i, I think for maybe a lot of different reasons because she's coming from a smaller school because she um, you know, again, she didn't, didn't come from Mississippi state. She didn't come from Maryland. She wasn't a, a former McDonald's all American, but she did play for Kelly Harper at Missouri state. And I think Jasmine Franklin, uh, to me is going to be a key piece. She has that kind of Alexis die role possibly in store for her. So I want to talk about her first, because I think there's already been a lot said about Jillian. And of course we'll talk about Jillian too, but I think Jasmine Franklin to me is an intriguing player because I think she's going to carve out a role. She's a grad transfer who, again, Played for Kelly Harper once. Now going to play for her again. Kelly Harper knows what to expect from her, and and she knows to, what to expect from Kelly Harper and, and what you know Kelly expects from her team and expects from her players. I, I don't think that can be you know I don't think that can be 
undersold because over, over, I always get confused. Oversold, undersold, whatever. I think it's important that that Jasmine, she comes in already knowing Kelly Harper and I'm assuming John as well and knowing the expectations and the barometer that Kelly Harper has for her team and for her players. Um, and also the fact that and she's come off an injury, but the fact that, you know, she was pretty, she was a very productive player at Missouri state too. And again, as a six foot one forward who again, it's somewhat undersized forward, but I think can play, um, hopefully that same kind of rebounding and tenacious role that Alexis Dye did again, you know, not no players are carbon copy of one another, but you know, she on paper, she looks like she could fit that role a little bit. I, I agree. And based on video that they, yeah, they put up when she was here and was with, you know, Kelly and John, Kelly's a legitimate five ten. And to me, and when you, I realize you can't tell on video, you, the angle to me, Jasmine Franklin, when they said six, one, I'm like, she's every inch of six, one, and maybe a little bit taller. She, um, she committed without even a visit, which of mm-hmm. course the familiarity with, with Kelly makes that, makes that much easier. Kelly and John, she committed, you know, based on their communication by, you know, either phone text, zoom, however they, however they did the recruitment. And then she and her family took an official visit after she had already signed her paperwork. So she definitely wanted to be here. I think a big factor, too, is that her coach went to Virginia. And this, you know, had she stayed at Missouri State, that would be her third coach. And she perhaps did not want to go to Virginia for her last season. And and Tennessee's got an opening. And, you know, Kelly has a plan. She knows how she wants to to use her players how she wants to deploy them and there's already a trust factor so so all of a sudden next thing you know Tennessee's uh announcing another uh or she's uh, you know the players announcing another recruitment and and Lady Vault Nation is scrambling to find out okay now now who have they gotten so it was one heck of an off season in the transfer portal for Tennessee I mean to say you I realize you don't win a championship in the transfer portal but you could certainly pull in championship pieces out of a transfer portal and Tennessee did that in March and April. Yeah. And to, to build off more about uh, Jasmine Franklin here, she, she, to me, like on paper fits. I mean, of course, obviously again, you look at the fact that she played for Kelly Harper. So, I mean, it's like a duh, she fits the Kelly Harper bill, but she, to me fits not just the Kelly Harper, like bill to a T, but also what, what lady Vols are known for, uh, especially the really good ones. She is an excellent rebounder and she can score, but she just seems like she, she does really well um, on defense and does really, really well at grabbing boards because obviously she was the uh, MVC, the Missouri Valley Conference Defensive Player of the Year in the 2020-2021 season, all-defensive team as well. She was a first-team all-MVC uh, on two seasons, and she would have been last year too if not for her injury. She only ended up playing uh, 11 games last season before a knee injury ended her season. But before that, uh, I think she was the leading rebounder in the NCAA. She, she was at least one of them because she was averaging – basically 15 points and, and 12 rebounds a game and averaging two and a half blocks and almost two steals a game as well. Um, and the 11 games before she ended up suffering that season ending injury. But I, I look at her as a, a big key because rebounding obviously for this past season was huge for the They were one of the, one of, if not the best rebounding team in, in not just the sec, but in all of college basketball. And now you lost Lexus die, who is a really good rebound. You lost Keen green, who was you know, more than capable of grabbing up rebounds for you, but you return to Mari key. You, re- you return Jordan Horston, who both are, you know, obviously very good re- at getting rebounds. Horston was at one point leading the team in points, assists and rebounds. And of course, Tamari key, I- I'm very interested to see what another offseason does for her and her ability to rebound and even be an even better defender than she already is. But then you throw in the fact that you have someone from Missouri state who played for Kelly Harper, who had an average of 11 points, nine rebounds and almost a block and a half, uh, in her career and her 102 games there. I mean, what, I mean, th- I didn't think this, the defense from last year could get any better, Maria. I, man, looking at who they've a- added this year and, and the fact that they didn't really lose, they lost some, they lost some heat players, obviously with, with Ray Burrell and, and Keen Green, you know, being gone from the team last year, but look at who they brought in, look at who they returned. I already thought the defense last year was elite and one of the best in the country. This could be, end up being the best defense in all of, women's college basketball next season. I, I don't, you know, again, we'll have to see how it, it translates on the court, but the other people you brought in with Jillian and Rakia and Jazz, they aren't slouches on defense either. And again, you return someone, you return to Mari Key, who was your 
you know, career block leader already. You return Jordan Horston, who's already a really good defender. You have Kaya Wynn and, and, and Brook, Brooklyn, who are all, you know, both really good defenders as well. I mean, this defense is going to, to me, especially with the fast pace that now they're going to be able to play with, the, with the depth they have, but the tenacity that Kelly Harper wants them to always play with on defense and, and maybe full court press a lot more than they already were. I mean, I don't, there's going to be very few games, hopefully, this season where Lay Vols, uh, where they, there's going to be a lot of games, I guess very few games where they don't win the turnover battle, in my opinion, because I think they're going to be forcing a lot of them. It's an intriguing defense because it can be very big. And sometimes a big defense can be very slow, but this is a rangy athletic defense, even with, with the size. And if you have those pesky guards and those little guards cause everybody problems, you know, Tennessee can counter with Brooklyn Miles, uh, Kaya Wynn, Jordan Walker, you've yeah, Jasmine Powell. It's you, you, I mean, some, when Tennessee was getting so injured, you look over at the bench and realize there are just so few options right now. And, and Kelly was having to ride a lot of starters, a lot of minutes. If there's, I mean, there's multiple ifs. We all know that. If this happens, if everyone stays healthy, if these te- if the team gels, do they mesh? I mean, that team last year had a special chemistry. Can they recreate this with all these new faces? That, that will be a challenge. But they had the potential to be one of the best Lady Vol teams that we have seen in a long time. And, and the pieces that Kelly added were pieces that she needs and wanted. I mean, like you said, Jasmine Franklin, whenever I, I realize these are game highlights, I'm not seeing the low, they don't call them low lights, <laughs> but whenever I, they sign a new player, I go look for some highlights. Okay. Let's, let's go find what she looked like. Now, obviously with Jasmine Franklin, she tore her ACL in December so her summer is not going to be a normal summer. I mean, she's going to have to ease back into everything. That's only – she's not that many months out. So she's going to need – I mean, you're not going to have her running up and down the floor right now, obviously, in contact drills or pickup or – I say that. I don't know what's going on over there. But she's not that far. you think they would ease her back in to to you know, that kind of contact and that kind of full-court play. But she is um, – she's incredibly athletic and has just an absolute motor for the glass. Because, yes, it's positioning and size. And, like, Glory Johnson, one of the most undersized centers ever at Tennessee, nobody could keep her off the glass. No one. I mean, I remember in an NCAA tournament game, I think she had 19 or 21 rebounds. I mean, just Mm -hmm. you can't – and and Jasmine has that same tenacity for for the glass. And – and. Just looking at the at the highlights that I could see, she, she could run the floor. She's agile post player. Just she's capable of, of defending in the paint, which is it is uh, very hard to do. Mm-hmm. So she hopefully everything progresses with her rehab, and um, she she is ready to go, or you know nearly ready to go at, in the fall for for when practice starts for real. Right now, you know how it is; it's drills. It's workouts, it's weights, it's running, it's conditioning. There's, you're not, I mean, you're not going through a two-hour practice right now. You, you, you just can't. But they're, um, they, they're, there's a lot, you know, all that team chemistry, team building. There's a great core because of the seniors, mm-hmm. the juniors and seniors who, who stayed. There was a tremendous core for these newcomers. When they came in, you know, they came in during the the, fret, the people that are juniors and seniors now came in through a lot of, you know, up upheaval and a, and a lot of turnover. And, and they these kids have established a core veteran group that that can guide the young players along. Justine Passat, can she contribute right away? Absolutely. Does she have to? Not on this team. And as a freshman, sometimes you can get thrown in too quickly and it can hinder your development. And Justine, I mean, she, can she earn minutes? Absolutely. Does she have to be on the floor as a freshman, like say Renaya Davis was for 35 minutes a game? No. And that's a benefit to everybody. Absolutely. That That is a, a very good point. And that, that kind of builds into um, the next point I was talking about. We, you know, Rakia, Jazz, Jasmine, Franklin as well. Like those, those three transfers are all players that you're, you're pretty much getting for one season and that's it. And they're going to be gone and they're going to, well, in Rakia's case, I, I think be a top, possibly top five pick, maybe top 10 pick in the, in the draft. But the, the one other move, the other transfer that was brought in with Jillian, 
that's as much of a move that's I think important for this season, but that's a move also for the future. I mean, th- that is a move that I think she has a big impact on this season, but I don't think it, you know, I, I think it's so important to look at the impact, not only that she can have, and, you know, as a sophomore in her first year at Tennessee, but as much as again, that's that she, you know, it's a move for what she can do this year. And as her second, or I guess her first season, excuse me, at Tennessee in her second season in college, I think it's just it's even as more important possibly that you know what she can do for the future because again Tamari Key is going to be gone after this year. Uh, Jillian is, I think is going to be the starter of the future for Tennessee at that center position. I think again as important as she's going to be as a, a, a you know probably probably more than likely a piece off the bench for most of this year. Again maybe she starts I don't know but I'll, I'll be very intrigued to see the the rotations that happen for the Lady Balls this year. But I I don't I think it's gonna be really hard to keep her out of the starting lineup next year when Tamari Key and Jordan Horston and, and, you know, a lot of these players are gone. And you have a – next year's roster is going to be, I guess, next next season, however you want to look at it, the 23-24 season, that roster is going to be interesting because you're you're losing a lot from this season. You're losing a, a ton of players that, you know, either have been here for you know, already, already three, four years or you got in as transfers. Jillian, you know, more than likely is going to be here in the 23 season and is going to be a key piece for that 23-24 season. But again – not looking too far ahead, but I, I you know, want to look at her impact for this year too, because I think she'll have a pretty big one this year, Maria, but I don't know, you know, is it going to be a, you know, not from a leadership standpoint, but from on the court, will it be like a key and green type of impact or maybe even more than that? Because again, I think her biggest impact is yet to come, but I think she's going to play a pivotal role in this team this year. And I think she's going to be someone that I, I think, you know, from my interviewing her and hopefully those who have watched it, my interview and listened to the interview with her, I think she's going to be someone Lady of all fans are going to just love and fall in love with because she is a very um, giving person. She gives so much to other people, to the community. And I think, you know, she's I think she's going to fit in very, very well with the Knoxville community. But again, you know, that's off, off the court. And I think that I think, again, she'll find a home in Knoxville, I think a second home away from home. And I think really fall in love with the Knoxville community. I think they'll embrace her. But on the court, I, I definitely think that she has a, a pretty big role this season, you know, assuming that she you know can stay healthy and everything, too, because she's had injury problems as well. So hopefully just again, hopefully injuries aren't a big issue for this team this year, like it has been uh, Kelly Harper's first few years on campus, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, Jillian, obviously you talked to her. I I, I wrote about her. You know her Mm -hmm. backstory that losing her mother when she was 12. And she, she, that was brutal. Devast. I mean, just her mother was her life, everything, her coach, her mother, and her, you know, her confidant, you know, her, the person she always wanted to be with. And, her aunt, of course, took her in and has raised her. They are very close. And she you're right. She has a aura about her. There, she is very engaging, very giving. She almost reminded me, I'm not comparing skill set because one, they're not similar players, but she had a almost a Tamika Catchings kind of presence talking to her. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I, she has already embraced Tennessee, and I think Tennessee fans are going to embrace her. A funny thing, when they kept, you know, obviously tracking recruiting, you know how difficult it is. You're hearing a lot of names. You're trying to track a lot of names. There were more people wanting to come to Tennessee than the Lady Vols had scholarships for. And I was hearing names, and a friend of mine that I talked to recruiting about over at the ball out, he was he was laughing because he would tell me another name he'd heard. I'm like, that's great. You know what Tennessee needs? Tennessee needs a damn post. I, I, I It just became my saying. And when Jillian committed, he called me up. He goes, Tennessee got your damn post. I said, I know. I have been saying that over and over. I've seen guards, forwards. That's great. I love you, guards. I love you, forwards. There is no true center on this team behind Tamari Key. Tennessee needs a post. And Boom. They get Jillian Holling. She had one of the best post players in the country. Yes, she she played through some knee pain, had some swelling, had to take off for several uh, weeks in the season, came back for the NCAA tournament, played well, had off-season surgery to clean up the knee. So, same thing. You know, Kelly's already said, we're going to ease her in, ease Jasmine Franklin in, you know, push them but not do anything to set them back on their course to getting better. But – she has the potential, like you said, you could go big. You could put Tamari and Jillian inside, and then God help you if you're driving into the pain. You just don't. I mean, don't. <laughs> and or you could, you know, bring, you know, 
have have Jillian and Tamari, you know, playing the same position. You know, that way Tamari doesn't have to go 35 minutes a game. That is hard for a post player. One, you run the longest way. Mm-hmm. you got to go end to end. And it's combat guarding in the paint. So you could they could spell each other, but you could also have them on the floor at the same time. She is a legitimate six five too. That's not that's not an elevated uh, height for her. And I think she's going to buy into this culture very quickly. I think she wants a family atmosphere. She wants accountability, and and she wants to win. This this is somebody, and she's already overcome what nobody her age should have to overcome, and and thrived and become just a caring, compassionate person. So that, I mean, I, you're excited about all of them, but that one fulfilled is, I kept telling my friend, Tennessee needs post. You know, I love all these names I'm hearing. The great, great players, they're not post players. You, you have answered that question of when Tamari Key graduates, assuming that she doesn't want to take that fifth year, who is going to play center? And you don't want that answer to be a freshman, not not in the S. I mean, you can if you surround them with really good players, mm-hmm. but that's a lot to ask. So, but at the same time, I mean, Jillian would be a the class of 2023. Obviously, Tennessee's looking at a, a really good center in it. Jillian will be a junior after this. So, mm-hmm. and these the only the current juniors and seniors have that COVID year. That COVID year is not a permanent thing. So. Right you're getting back to normal four-year cycles with players. And, I mean, the door is going to be wide open at Tennessee in that class of 2023 if you're, a, if you're a true post. I mean, the door is wide open for you at Tennessee to come in and make a very quick impact. But, Jill, I mean, yeah, Jillian, what uh, – I mean, kudos to Tennessee because they kept that quiet. Yeah, they did. That, <laughs> that stunned everybody when she committed – I'm sure it stunned Georgia. I mean, well, Georgia, not the new coach, but Joni Taylor at Texas A&M. I don't think the rest of the SEC – I when I talked to her, I didn't even know that she was looking at North Carolina and another. I think another school she met. I'm, you talk about keeping your recruitment low-key. That is so unusual in this day and age. Mm-hmm. And she kept it low-key. She didn't talk about it. She didn't tip it. She didn't show photos of visits. She didn't do anything. No, she was, like you said, that was very buttoned up, and it was a pretty big surprise to a lot of people when um, that announcement came. I think, was that was that the one where Kelly tweeted out the boom, and then it took a, a day or a day and a half before? Oh, that, that was Jasmine Franklin. The, okay, uh, I couldn't remember who it was. Jillian's got a head because it was breaking, and then, uh, and then That's what it, it was. broke. Yeah. And then I went ahead and went with, with my story, and I think Jillian uh, – put it out like Saturday or so. She even mm. said that she had kept it quiet for about a week, but it, it was starting to get out among basketball circles. And then it, once it, that happens, it, it it's going to slip and, and it, yeah. and it did. Okay. So yeah, I, I, think, remember um, both, yeah, I remember both I think, of those most recent ones had like the timing of it was like a little off on both sides where Kelly got super excited and then, you know, obviously waited for uh, Jasmine, she wouldn't have made her post, but like you said, Jillian's was a big news. I, remember, I think it was was it Ball Out Media that's the Ball Out, yes. And, out and first Jillian's and nobody boomed or anything on Jillian right. because it was she was apparently going to do it either Saturday, Sunday, or, or Monday, and then it got out, and I think she put up a nice video, and mm-hmm. but she's a she, she's she's a she's a very uh, intriguing young lady. I will be very curious to see what becomes of her. Not just basketball, but life. She she yeah. has a she has a special aura about her, and I'm, I'll be pulling for that for that child for a long time after all she has been through. I 100 percent agree with you on that. I, I, I am definitely going to as well. Um, you everyone likes, everyone loves to talk about all the incoming players and the new players because it's the the new shiny thing, and we all you know get enamored by that. But there are a couple of returning players who I think I have like some questions about. Um, I guess I'm not saying they're fit. I'm just really, really curious to see where what their role is going to be this year, because, mostly because of the new additions and stuff. But that's uh, both Caroline Stripling and Marta Suarez, because obviously, unfortunately for Marta, you know, missed the entire last season because of injury. But Stripling, you know, Caroline, she didn't play as much, especially middle of the season in SEC play. But then finally, kind of as the year went, went on, especially after Key and Green, you know, her injury, you know, Caroline got out on the court more and started to have more of a role, started to play a little bit more, and started to look a little better too. 
I know she's just a sophomore. I, I guess maybe more of a sense of urgency for Marta since she's entering her, this will be her third year on, on campus now. Yeah, she'll be um, a shirt sophomore, right. yeah. I'm, I'm very interested. I know obviously we're just now in mid-June and, and you know, they're doing workouts and stuff. So we don't, there's not really anything to glean from campus and hear from coaches or anything like that. But uh, Maria, I mean, just kind of from what you've seen from those players, from what you've seen in your years of, of covering basketball. I mean, I, I am very interested to see what those two can do this year because um, <laughs> at some point we'll talk more in depth about kind of how do you manage the minutes on this team? Because it's going to be so difficult to do without, I don't say bruising egos, but everyone has egos. Everyone comes, all the players that are on Lady Vols roster right now were the best at their high school and, and probably at the best in their area. And now they're on a roster full of just extremely talented players. But I think Caroline has some development to do, but I think really to me, like the players she's going to be learning from this year, I, again, just like we talked about with Jillian, who's going to be a huge piece for that 23-24 season. If Caroline, you know, and I think she will, I think she has the attitude to do it. If she applies herself and learns from some of these um, veteran players ahead of her or you know, that are on the roster right now along with her, she's going to be just as important in that 23-24 season because, I mean, she's she's got a, a quite a talented group of veterans uh, that she can learn from. And, I, you know, I don't know that her role will be immense this year. And I don't know, again... I, I, I'm very interested to see what Marta Suarez does because of her coming back from injury and, and everything. Because she was a projected starter for last year too. But both those players, to me, are big. I won't say question marks, big kind of X factors in terms of you know what can they do? They they could really kind of throw a wrench into maybe some of these newcomers' plans of okay, I want to come in and you know play a lot of minutes or be a starter. Carolina Marta might have something to to say about that to some of the new players. And Kelly's got the ideal situation. One, she she has already been quite candid. I was able to interview her mm-hmm. um, earlier or back in May, and then I, I put it up over, I think, uh, over the weekend. Yeah, I'll, I'll link that into the description, by the way, for anyone who hasn't read it yet. She was very candid about this is the biggest challenge. She's never carried a full roster that she can recall. She said, maybe early in my career. She said, short of petitioning the NCAA for more additional minutes or, you know, an extra quarter, the, the reality is, you got four ten, you know, four ten minute quarters. You have forty minutes a game, two hundred max minutes, and she's going. She said it's going to be a challenge to uh, to figure out, you know, how we're going to manage that. On the flip side of that, she's not going to have a problem with complacency or lack of competition. You can't walk into practice and assume you're starting because there's a really good player or two or three walking out on that court court with you so she it's it's an ideal situation for a coach I know Pat went back and forth with it she she carried some full rosters and then vowed never again because she they there was those were multiple uh McDonald's All-Americans too it's almost like you had too much talent there was simply no way to get enough minutes to keep I mean there was that one team I think she had six in one class or five or I mean there were and she then, then she she did it because she had been gutted by injuries before, and like I'm never that's never going to happen again. And then she, I mean that, then she went back to short rosters, got hit by injuries again. But I tell people, well, the, there were three people on those rosters that you don't always have: Nikki Anasike, Alexis Hornbuckle, and somebody by the name of Candace Parker. So that can cover up a lot of a lot of other issues, but. Yeah. <laughs> So Kelly, Kelly has acknowledged this is a challenge. This will be very interesting to see how the team manages it. You know, one thing about Kelly is she's so methodical. She she plans out how she what she wants to do and how what she's going to do. And she has she will play a deep bench. I mean, I know I, I I told fans that who complained to me at Twitter when you know she starts subbing in the first half. I'm like, you can complain all you want. It, it's not going to change. I said, you know. I don't mind you complaining to me, but it's not ever this Kelly will play a deep bench. She will play a you know, play a deep rotation. So it's not like she's relied on six or seven players throughout her career. So she she does know how to keep a team engaged. But um yeah, it will be interesting. And if you're an upperclassman or junior or a returning player or a sophomore, I mean, yeah, you 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 should be able to say, look. I realize you have a lot of accolades coming coming in, but you're not just going to take my minutes. You're going to earn them. So it's it's it'll be. I, I hope the team can keep that dynamic it had of where they pull for each other and 
cheer for each other and nobody's worried about individual accolades or statistics or, you know, you know, if you, some players say, oh, how many rebounds did I get? Well, they know how much Kelly emphasizes rebounding. They're not saying how many points did I get? They know that's the stat Kelly's going to look at. So, but if you're the kind of player that looks at a box score and, and you say, oh, you know, let me see my stats. I mean, that that's not going to work. I remember years ago, this was not a Pat team. This was a, a Holly team. And she had a lot, some, I would call high maintenance players. And the media started calling three players the big three. I don't know how we came up with that. I don't remember which three it was. Well, apparently that caused some locker room rift with why they don't think the rest of us are big. And I'm like, oh, this is a this is a red flag for me for this team. Don't don't pay attention to what the, some cute little names that the media comes up with or something. We're not. And that same team, I don't remember exactly which one it was, was upset because Tennessee kept sending the same people to the press conference and I had to explain, no, we asked for the players. Tennessee sends who we asked for. So then I guess they just had to get mad at us, not the coaches. So I, I that, if you've got a team that's immature and doesn't react well to discipline or accountability, it can cause problems. But I mean, Kelly vets these players so much and obviously she had recruited Jillian that was a player she wanted out of high school and she couldn't visit because of the pandemic. Obviously, as you pointed out, she already knows Jasmine Franklin. She's got a solid relationship now with her juniors and seniors. She's been here. This will be her fourth season. And the one player I think will be more motivated than ever will be Jordan Horston. Oh yeah. Taking basketball away from her legitimately because she dislocated and fractured her elbow. I, I, I mean, just about, you know, torpedoed that kid. I mean, do not be on the court was killing her. And she apparently won't leave the court now. I mean, she's constantly working out in the gym, running camps. She she is someone who already loved basketball. And if she could possibly love it even more, she does now by having it taken away from her with, with that injury. So she is a that is one highly motivated senior going into this season. Yeah, she didn't need the reminder, but sometimes like you don't even know how much you love something until it's taken away from you. And I think that even like you said, she already loved basketball. And I think having it take away from her just made her even more appreciative of it. And <laughs> as if she needed more drive and more motivation to get better, uh, Maria. So that's again, I mean, you talk about, you know, Candace Parker covering up you know, a world of a world of hurt for your team. I don't think, you know, Jordan's Jordan Horson is not Candace Parker, but Jordan Horson is an exceptional, exceptional basketball player. And as if she needed more motivation to go uh, become more exceptional. So uh, I'd love to hear that. Uh, I, you know, hated that Howard season ended last year, but if it means that she's going to be even better this year and it motivates her uh, to help maybe take Lady Vols to their first final four in well over a decade, then um, it'll be worth it in the long run for her and for the program. Um, but one person we haven't talked about a whole lot, and she's kind of got, I mean, until recently, she kind of gotten, I wouldn't say forgotten about, but kind of, you know, not talked about as much because of all the newcomers coming into the transfers, but that is five-star Justine Passat, who again, McDonald's all American and is now playing overseas in Argentina for uh, the USA basketball team, which is really cool uh, playing over there for the FIBA uh, under 18 women's America's championship in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, not only is she playing over there, Maria, but in the first two games that she's played, she's been playing pretty good. Seven points, two boards, and I think two assists or two blocks in the first game. But in the second game, uh, when they played Puerto Rico, she had 13 points. She had seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block. Uh, it was three of nine from three, uh, three of nine from three, and I think uh, five of 13 overall from the floor. So you know, made made some threes, uh, not bad at all. Had a plus minus of plus 34, and I think an efficiency rating of plus 19, which is uh, I think was the second best in both of those. For wow, the team Kelly, that, that will get Kelly's attention. Absolutely, but I mean, in, in just 21 minutes, getting seven boards, 13 uh, 13 points, and uh, six assists. I mean, that's again. Talk about Jordan Horston doing everything. That's doing everything. That is, you know, putting up double-digit points. That is grabbing seven rebounds. That is putting, you know, dishing out six assists in just 21 minutes. And again, it's you take a lot of this stuff with grain of salt because it's, you know, they're playing with players they haven't really played with before. That's a bunch of exhibition stuff. It's kind of, it's not always the case, but it's a lot, sometimes it's a lot about more. Hey, this is, you know, I guess maybe more in those um, AAU type things where it's more like a hey, it's it's a me versus everybody else kind of thing this one this one is probably more of a team theme because it's not really televised as much and it's your country playing it's other countries it's hard but it's still hard to take away too much from these things but to me like this is just flashing 
the ability we already knew Justin Passat had. And I'll be intrigued to see, you know, as um, the tournament goes on and, and they keep going on and, and playing more in it and how the USA does. But I think to me, this is just reminding fans if they, if they forgot any, this is kind of reminding fans. Oh yeah. There's a really, really, really talented freshman coming in also who uh, has a chance to play a very large role in this team this year. And of course she's going to be someone that'll play a large role for years to come. But, you know, I, I think it just, we, we've all gotten caught up in maybe the Rakia Jackson coming in, the jazz Powell coming in, the Jillian coming in, the, re- the returning of Tamari and, and Jordan Horston and, uh, Jordan Walker and, and all the other and the, the rising freshmen coming in they're now sophomores all those players coming back and all that stuff but I think Justine is I wouldn't say she's gotten forgotten but I think she's maybe not gotten the attention she would have in years past because of all the other big time additions but man she I mean Maria I, I think she has an extremely high thing I don't again you're like you just said earlier you're blessed if you're Tennessee that you're in a position where you're, she's not being asked to come in and play 25-30 minutes a game but in years past, she would have been asked to do that. And I think she would have been a very productive freshman at 25, 30 minutes per game as well. But hopefully this is better for her long-term that she doesn't have to do that. Hopefully this year, uh, maybe she earns that type of minutes, but uh, that she's not being like, you know, to where you just have to do that for her. Like you had to do with Renaya and, and Jordan Horston um, because you didn't have anybody else. In this case, you have other players. So if she's playing those minutes, she's earning them, not just because she has to do it. I hope this team has better chemistry than my cats have had today. They're spitting each other and hissing. I mean, I don't know what their problem is. So y'all need to behave. Mom is trying to talk to Nathaniel here. But no, I, I agree. Um, she has a legitimate range from 20 to 25 feet. Mm-hmm. You can hit that shot consistent, consistently. You're going to get on the floor. I, you know, I, I'm trying to imagine – well, I'm just especially gonna, as, a, as gonna, a 6'4 player, too. It's not, it's yes, not like she's, she's just like a 5'8 player doing it. She's 6'4 being able to hit those those types of shots. I'm imagining, I mean, because Kelly can put different lineups out there. I'm just going to throw out, you know, four, four or five. I'll throw out five names. I'm not predicting a starting five because there's no, I mean, I'm not even going to try. But let's say in some scheme, some 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 deployed five that Kelly has, you're, you're the defense, you're set up, and you look up or look out, and your perimeter is, say, Justine Passat and Rakia Jackson and Jordan Horston, who can play point if she needs to, and your inside is Jillian and Tamari Key. So you got 6'6", 6'5", 6'2", and 6'4". Now, that, you know, if that is a lineup you could use at times. I mean, mm-hmm. do you want a true point guard on the floor? Yes, that's why you went and got Jasmine Powell. This will allow Jordan Walker to play more off the ball where she's better better suited. Uh, and Jordan Walker is a tough, tough kid. You know, I mean, she, she showed that over and over and over again. I mean, Kelly's got a lot of players you're going to have trouble keeping off the floor. And she's got a, a lot of options. At, at her disposal. But I was just thinking if you went really big, Tennessee could go six, 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 five, six, three, six, two, six, four. What is, what is Rakia? Six, two. So, so she's six, one or six, two, somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. So, so two, six, twos and, and Jordan Horston is a legitimate six, two. So is Rakia. Uh, Justine's a legitimate six, four. I mean, you, I, if Tennessee's on, I mean, really locked in and on. They are going to be very, very hard to beat. Now, can they get tripped up? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. South Carolina got tripped up at Missouri, of all places. You, well, It is a very hard to go undefeated in women's college basketball, men's, all of it. Very, very hard. Will adversity come? Absolutely. How are you going to deal with that? I mean, there's all kinds of unanswered questions, but – this is and Tennessee's in uncharted water right now. You are a favorite to get to the final four. That has not been the case in a long, long time. How are you going to deal with that? Rakia Jackson, we're talking about motivated players. She has yet to this is one of the best players in the country. What was she? Top five coming out of coming out of Detroit. She was she, I'll look it up, but yeah, she was very high rated coming out. She of has not played in an NCAA tournament yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when I think when I talked to her, that was one of the things she mentioned was that she wants to get on an NCAA tournament court. That that was like one of the big reasons she chose coming to Tennessee. I mean, th- you talk about a motivated player. I mean, just once she, especially once she gets to postseason, and 
and skilled. I remember seeing her as a freshman when Mississippi State played at Tennessee, and I'm like, my goodness, who is this freshman? I, I, I'd heard of her, of course, because Tennessee recruited her, but I had not seen her play. And I just was like, this is one of the most talented players I've seen in a long time on any team. She's one of those players you couldn't help but watch. So she, she, and she can play. I mean, she, what was she averaging 20 points a game for Mississippi state this season before she departed? Something uh, like that. Close to that. If not that, yeah, yeah I think she, she was, was leading the sec in scoring. Yeah. She was averaged in sec leading 20.3 points per game, as well as almost seven rebounds per game in a block and a half in uh, 15 games this year before she in the transfer portal. It wasn't like she was the only talented player on that team. You had the Hayes sisters there too. So, I mean, it was not like she was carrying a team. She had, she had help and she was still averaging 20.3 points a game. Yeah. Yeah. And to go back to answer your earlier, uh, I guess, question was, yes, on uh, ESPNW, she was the number five overall player, number two wing. And then in uh, Prospects Nation, she was number three overall and the number two wing. So, yeah, a consensus top five prospect coming out of high school uh, from Detroit. And then she she uh, departed as Detroit Edison's all-time leading scorer with uh, 1,771 points in four seasons. She was a two-time Gatorade Michigan Player of the Year. Uh, the Michigan Miss Basketball in 2019 as well. And, of course, the McDonald's All-American. So, I mean, she had about as a story of a you know, high school careers you could have. But like you said, she's had a very, very good college career too, but has not been able to play in an NCAA tournament game. And that's, again, when I talked to her, I remember that, yeah, you saying that sparked my memory of our conversation I had with, that I had with her. Um, that was a big reason she chose Tennessee was because, uh, where, but better place to come, the, to go to the NCAA tournament than come to Tennessee where they've literally never missed one. So uh, that's a, a pretty good choice for her. But Maria, one of the other reasons, I really the, the main reason I, th- I thought of you and wanted to get you on uh, for an episode this week was Tuesday was Pat Summit's birthday. Uh, would, she would have been 70 if she was still here with us, unfortunately, you know, not here with us. But I, I thought the outpouring of love for Pat on Tuesday was it was it was very touching to see um, from from the rock being painted. I don't, I don't know who, if, if, if it was known who, who did that. I, I didn't see it. So if someone wants to tweet at me and let me know if they knew who painted it, that'd be you know great. But that rock was painted as a big, you know, um, commemoration to her. There's just an outpouring of love. Obviously, from every year there always is. But just with it being her 70th, um, of course, Clay Harper tweeted things out. But there's just everyone was tweeting out different love and, and respect and, and every just a bunch of different stuff for um, Pat on what would have been her 70th birthday on Tuesday. But I wanted to bring you on, Maria, because who better to bring on to the show to talk about Pat and, and share some Pat stories because there are tons of them. And I was telling you before we record, I'd... I, I'm sure I have you have plenty that I have not heard because I've heard a few you've told, um, but you know I've only been talking really you know since I've been doing this podcast, so I, I I've not heard a, a ton of Pat stories from you, but I know there's plenty. If, if you guys are, are you know watching on YouTube, please share them in the comments below. Uh, I, I'm not this is just me kind of pandering for uh, engagement. I, I legitimately would love to read any Pat Summit stories, whether you're at a game or you met her you know in person off the court or, or anything. If you didn't have to meet her personally. Just anything you may have seen from her or a life lesson you learned from her. I would love for you to comment and let it, you know, let us know and share that. And I'll, I'll send them to Maria too, because I, I, there's so many great Pat stories out there, but Maria, I, I would love to hear, you know, it doesn't have to be anything phenomenal. doesn't have to be anything you haven't told before. If it's just a favorite story you have, I, I don't, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, there is no such thing as a, a bad Pat summit story. Uh, in my opinion. It, have I ever, I, I mean, I've told so many different places. I don't think I've ever talked on this show about how I, Something I said to Pat ended up getting Kamiko Williams thrown out of practice. <laughs> no, I don't think you've said that one. Yeah, here. I had Kamiko when I was doing Lady Ball interviews during the pandemic on, on online just for engagement with people. I, I had Kamiko on and I apologized to her, told her it was it was my fault that it that it, it happened. I think it was her junior year. She wasn't it wasn't her senior. I think it was her junior year. And Kamiko was a free spirit, incredibly talented young woman coaching now. But an incredibly free spirit and used to drive Pat insane because, you know, she she was one of those players constantly fidgeting and moving. And also, but one of the most I mean, she was she was one of the best guards Tennessee had in that during that time period and athletic as could be. I remember when they played Baylor, when Baylor was just uh, it was after Brittany Griner left, but they went up there to uh 
to play Baylor, and Baylor had, was just loaded with talent and was just absolutely punishing Tennessee and Waco. And she put Kamiko in, and Kamiko changed the flow of the game. They weren't going to win the game, but she was as athletic as Baylor's guards, and they couldn't do anything with her. She could counter punch what they were doing, and and I'm like, boy, Tennessee needs more players like Kamiko because she is she is not backing down from this this environment. She was an army brat too. She lived all over the world, so. But she she could drive Pat insane with, with just what Pat saw was a lack of focus. Um, and, we, you know, this was when practice was open and we're sitting on the baseline before we go sit in the stands because, you know, Pat would come over and talk to us. And our, the team would be either lost some games or wasn't playing well. You know how Pat is. So, you know, she's talking about her team and, you know, this and that. And, uh, you know, they're not, you know, they're not blocked in. They're not bought in. They're, you know, they're. All of just Pat stuff where she doesn't like what a team's doing. And I, I said, gosh, Pat, when's the last time you threw a player out of practice? Because it had been a while. And we I'd seen it happen before. And she got this look in her eye. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And we went over to our side. Dan Flesser was sitting with me. He goes, do you know what you just did? I said, I absolutely know what I just did. And they don't get going but a few minutes. And she's crawling all over. I, I Lisey Brewer was here then too. I remember that. So it was, um, I think it was Lisey Brewer. I believe it was. Um, and she's all over Kamiko and, and even Kamiko's taken a bit back. Like, Boy, that was quick. And Kamiko did something. It wasn't even that egregious. And Pat just unloaded on her, threw her out of practice. I remember, I think it was Lisey Brewer stood on the, the players were stunned because this group had not seen it. And Lisey, I think, stood on the wing with her mouth wide open, just look, her eyes this big. I'm probably grateful it wasn't her because she drew Pat's eye too. And Kamiko, poor thing, burst into tears and runs off the court. Well, Shauna Zolman happens to be in town. She had come back. I think she was rehabbing an injury. And she runs after Kamiko to the locker room to go console because Shauna had seen it. Shauna's group, had, they had had people tossed out of practice. So she had been through it. And, and Dean, I remember Dean and, and uh, Holly were looking at each, everybody was stunned, except for me and Dan, who knew exactly what, what was going on. Um, and, and after practice, uh, you know, Pat, we interviewed Pat and Pat was leaving. I said, Dean, I got to talk to you. I said, this is what happened. And you know how Dean is, very expressive. His face like, oh, he goes, now it makes sense. Holly and I were looking at each other like, she didn't even do anything. <laughs> Why did she get thrown out of practice? I mean, and they were, and I said, I am very sorry. That was not my intent. And he goes, thank you for telling me. I'm going to go tell Holly what happened. You know, just so they knew that, you know, why, why this had happened. So I learned my lesson that day. Never ask Pat ever. When's the last time she threw somebody out of practice? Because it's, I love Dan. You know what you just did? Yep. Yeah, I'm fully aware of what I just said. I should have told we should have done a numbers on how many how long it's gonna take. I think it was the first 15 minutes of practice. It did not take long at all. So yeah, I apologize to Miko then. I'll do it again in case she comes across this. I did not mean to get you tossed out of practice that day. I'm very sorry. Yeah. How did, how did she react when you uh told her it was your fault? <laughs> oh, she laughed. She Kamiko's the most free spirit, wonderful, loving, kind person. She absolutely laughed about it. And 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 she goes. I, I you know she said I'll forgive you. And I think she was kind of relieved to know, you know what had happened. And Alexis Hornbuckle, who had experience getting thrown out of practice, is also one of my favorite former lady balls. We were talking about it one time, and and because I, I said Kamiko just went and sat in the locker room and you know didn't know what to do. And China's back there talking to her, and Alexis says, "What you got to do is get out of there." You get your stuff and you go. You get out of there. You don't sit around and wait. You threw me out of practice. I'm leaving. So, um, because you don't want to deal with Pat afterwards either when she's still bad. So, no, <laughs> no I, 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 you know, unfortunately never got to meet Pat, but I, I even I, you know, would know that, that you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to stick around and, and draw any more potential ire uh from pat and I, I, honestly i think kelly harper is close the same way i don't think you want to if you make her mad just, just leave just uh just get out you don't you don't want to you want to don't want to mess around with kelly either um but that that did remind me too that you have a couple of really interesting really um really all through the month of june you have like i think three different things coming out um 
that are uh, at least two more. I think, yeah, two, I maybe got one confused, but there's at least two things that are either Lady of All specific or Lady of All adjacent. They're going to be on um, TV here soon. One of them is the, the one that I'm really, really interested in is um, the Catch 98 one. There's going to be an exclusive on-campus screening of Catch 98 as well, uh, which is the new SEC storied um, show that's going to be on Tuesday, June 21st at 6 p.m. Eastern time. It's the on-campus screening is going to be on the student union auditorium. Um, but it, I, I remember seeing commercials for it during, I don't remember if it, was, it might've been the SEC tournament for the Tennessee baseball team, or it might've been the regional, I don't remember which, but it's sometime in, during postseason play for the Tennessee baseball team where they showed um, the, you know, the commercial for it. And I thought I, I, I immediately heard Pat's voice and said, what's this? And then just watched, I was like, that is going to be much must, must watch television. Um, I don't know what all is going to be on there, but that is going to be, I assume it's an hour long. Um, that is going to be great. And then you also, again, with the screening on campus, it's going to be followed by a Q&A with uh, Timbuka Catchings and Kelly Harper. And that, that I, I'm actually, I might be getting tickets to that. That's next Tuesday, uh, ne- next week. I might try to get tickets to that and go to that because that would be, um, that's just going to be a really cool event, a really, really great documentary on the sec story but also i mean the q a with meek and, and and kelly harper is gonna be really cool to, to witness as well and most i mean you realize this but a lot of some of the youngsters may not i mean they were teammates kelly mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and catching so yes I, I i think there's a event for a link for the event right um i will definitely be there i mean i you absolutely have to be there to see that and to uh you know hear the um the interaction with Kelly Harper and, and Tamika Ketchings and the two producers of that uh, movie were also the ones that did Pat XO, which is an, mm. and they did uh, the great story about uh, Ruthie Bolton that they have a track record of doing incredible documentaries. So they uh, are two very skilled, very skilled storytellers and producers. So it, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that, mm. that is coming up. That is actually uh, next Tuesday, which is the 21st, if I am yeah. doing the I, math correctly. Yeah, and I think actually the the show or is going to be at 7 p.m. Eastern. I think that what the thing is like gates or whatever are opening at 6 p.m. Eastern on campus. So the schedule about the event uh, on Tuesday, June 21st is 6 p.m. is the pre-reception, 7 p.m. is the screening, and then 8 p.m. is the post-film Q&A. So that's the actual schedule on June 21st if you are wanting to go on campus and, and just like with the story that um maria did with uh with kelly harper i'll also put a link in the description both the youtube and the podcast for links to the the tickets for this as well so from six to nine um on tuesday june 21st that, that, that's going to be a really cool event the other one i was going to mention too also the season tickets now on sale for late of all so that's another thing but also the other one that's coming up is um or is that tonight? No, that's it's very soon. Oh, yeah, it is tonight. So as we're recording this, it's actually, I think, on right now, possibly. But that is uh, Dream On, which is uh, the newest 30 for 30, which spotlights the 1996. Yeah, it's on 8 p.m. Eastern. So as you and I are talking right now, Maria, it's currently <laughs> on TV. But it's the Dream On, the uh, 30 for 30 about the 1996 women's dream team. Uh, one of the things is, you know, if this team didn't exist, would there be a WNBA? Which I think that's... A very good question. And a, a, <laughs> a question that I, I don't know that the answer is... I think that's a... Maybe I think the know. answer is no. Yeah, I, I was around that there. Really that cool that thing. that team captivated everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that team has a. I think Andrea Carter, with her role at ESPN, was involved in and in, in helping produce that. So, former former Lady Vols everywhere. I, that's I love it. They're very accomplished young ladies, and I love to see people like Tamika Catchings and and Andrea Carter doing well. Yeah, by the way, it's streaming tonight, as we're, or it's on air tonight as we're recording this, but also it'll be on, uh, streaming on ESPN+. Plus. So I wonder if it'll be something maybe on Disney+, Plus you can watch. I don't, I don't know if there's, there's probably an archive somewhere for the 30 for 30, but yeah, I assume... I think you, I've got the DVR set, so I'm yeah. going to... Yeah, if you're not recording it, I'm sure it'll come on as a replay um, sometime later on as well. But um, Maria, thank you so much for coming on here. It's been wonderful. Um, I wish I had Pat's story to share. Um, I don't, unfortunately, again, I didn't get to meet her in person, but I've, I'll, I love hearing stories about Pat Summit. I love, you know, just seeing people share things online and, and just the outpouring of love for her every year, her, every in the month of June for her birthday. And then also marking her passing. Um, just a, a very, it's a very Pat Summit heavy month. And I, I really appreciate all the, you know, everyone always sharing their thoughts and, and their, their memories and everything with her, or, you know, they had with her, back in the day as well so uh, but maria it's been fun having you on here it's been great and 
we uh, we'll have to do it again sooner than rather than later this this time. And next time we have you on, we'll we'll talk about some maybe some recruiting stuff and looking at the twenty three classes as you mentioned. You know, uh, it's a very important one for Lady of All. So maybe we'll next time we have you on, we'll kind of talk a little bit about that and some of the targets and stuff there. And you know players to kind of keep an eye on for Lady of All fans. But for now, I'll let you go because it's been about an hour at this point too. But again, I, I, I'll link in the description the piece you just had come out with um, your interview with Kelly Harper. But no, you've been doing a lot of different stuff lately. I've seen you feel like you're posting stories every other day, it feels like, on Twitter or Facebook. I see you posting stuff. So, you know, let everybody, obviously people, I, you can let them know where to follow you. But I think at this point, everyone knows where they can follow you. But, you know, let, let everybody know kind of some stuff you've had come out recently that you want to plug. And I'm at Knox, uh, TN, KnoxTNToday.com. I'm a new columnist for them that started in March, and I'm doing a column every week. Uh, it's linked on under columnists on the front page. It's on their Facebook page. It's Knox, K-N-O-X-T-N, T is an N, Today.com. So it's a hyper-local site. The editor is a local longtime journalist here who wanted Lady Vols coverage, and somebody suggested, hey, you should probably contact me. So I said, sure. And so that's another place that I get to write, write every week about it's a column. So those are kind of fun. You know, it's, it's not, it's, there's reporting, but there, it's also you being able to put your opinion out there and stuff. And so always a pleasure to talk to you, Nathaniel, when you uh, need me back on, you know how to find me. And if I don't answer right away, shoot me another text and I'll answer that one. So don't ever, don't ever give up. Well, thank you, Maria. Thank you very much. And thank you to all of you who watched or listened to this episode or have watched and listened in, in the past. And again, we're in the off season right now, but it's it's a very important off season. It's one that's going to build up a lot of hype for the Lady Vols. And again, month of June is, just seems like a really cool Lady Vol month because of all the stuff with Pat and just all the different stuff, especially this month with Catch 98 coming out and, and everything too. And with uh, Justine being over in, in Buenos Aires, like it's just a, it's a really cool time right now um, with a lot of excitement for a season that'll hopefully be the best season we've seen in a very long time for Tennessee. But again, thank you all so much for tuning in, whether it's on YouTube or listening on your podcast app of choice. We really appreciate it. Subscribe both to the YouTube channel and the podcast if you haven't already. And again, go check out Maria's work and I'll put the links in the description um, to her piece. And also for the uh, event brighter, the, the tickets for the June 21st catch 98 screening on campus. But signing off for Maria, I'm Nathaniel, and this has been another episode of lady vol basketball fever. <laughs>